five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast in partnership with Kidney Care UK, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, my name is Dean Moore, and welcome to the 100th episode of Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. So we're filming the 100th episode of Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast, and we will be featuring some of the guests who I've interviewed in the podcast over the years. And also we'll be speaking with Kidney Care UK, which as you know, Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast is in partnership with Kidney Care UK. So we'll be talking with them about the work they do with kidney patients across the UK. Joining me today, co-hosting with me is Nikki Tupper, who's going to be sharing some comments and questions that have been sent in by the podcast listeners. So my first guest is Jerome Espy from Detroit, Michigan, USA. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. How are you doing today, Jerome? I am doing so, so well. It don't even make sense. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. It is an absolute honor and pleasure to have you here today on Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. You are the very, very first person that I ever, ever interviewed in my life for Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And so when I was planning this 100th episode, I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth. When I was planning this 100th episode, you know, I've interviewed so many people, so many wonderful people over the podcast, but there is no way that I could do this 100th episode without you because you were where it all began. I mean, literally, you are the very first voice that was ever heard on Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast with your voice. And so I had to start this 100th episode with you to give you your flowers, really, because you have been an inspiration to me personally. You've been, you know, through the podcast, we've grown a friendship. You're a brother to me, my kidney brother, and a mentor. and they teach you the medical side of when when you go to your medical appointments and they teach you the medical side, but mm-hmm. you don't actually get lessons in terms of how to cope with kidney disease. And yeah. that is absolutely something that you have helped me. You know, I think people see that the content that I put out is always with a foundation of hope and encouragement. But there's days where I struggle. There's days where you know, a video called you and you're like, hi, D, and you're like, how are you? And then you see my face and you're like, oh, no, you're not okay. And yeah. you have been a rock and safe space for me. So I just want to say in front of all the viewers and all the listeners, thank you so much for all your help, support, and being my safe space through this kidney warrior yeah. journey. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. I'm so honored to uh, wait. Honored isn't even the the right word, but it's a it's. I don't believe in coincidences, and so I'm just so blown away that that the opportunity to know someone of your caliber because of what you do and who you are, who you show up as, who people show up as is important, and you have taken very 
you've been very careful to be authentic and real and to share that authenticity with a, an audience, an ever-growing audience. And so I'm just honored. I, uh, I consider you a sister and a friend, and I'm, I'm so blessed to have someone of your caliber in my life. I, I, I think uh, I'm thankful every day for, oh. for you and for my thank friendship with you. Oh, thank you so, so much. Mm. We've recorded two interviews together. And yeah. The first one was your Kidney Warrior story. And the second episode two, and the second one was, it was for World Kidney Day, and it was titled, What Not to Say to Somebody <laughs> Who Has a Chronic yeah. Illness. And you know, <laughs> I've recorded, you know, many episodes, and I think that has to be one of my favorite because there were some real stinkers on that one. I mean, oh, you man. would not believe the type of things that people say to people with chronic illness. I think sometimes when, you know, you've had your diagnosis, people haven't seen you for a while, they see you and they kind of don't know what to say and end up saying yeah. really terrible things. And the listeners sent in things and honestly, they were shocking. So do check out that episode so you can avoid saying these things that can really be not helpful, shall we say, for somebody mm -hmm. with a chronic illness. So um, yeah, right. please do check out that episode, what not to say to somebody mm -hmm. with a chronic illness. Exactly. But yes, going back to your Kidney Warrior story. So as I said earlier, you are literally the first person I've ever interviewed, ever. And you shared your kidney warrior story, your journey with peritoneal dialysis, and also your transplant story. But I have to say that one of the most impactful things for me during that interview that helps me to this day was you had a way of expressing it. And you said through the process of dialysis itself, you learn to kind of different way of thinking a new mentality and that was with the drain yeah. fill dwell mm -hmm. so i mean please do check out episode two if you haven't yet listened to that that episode but i really wanted to just do a short focus on that so for anyone sure. watching anyone listening that hasn't heard the interview could you explain to them about the drain fill dwell mentality sure I'm I'm so um so happy to happy to do that. I've been really blessed aside from being having you as a friend since I got my kidney in December 20th it will be 5 years. So I'm coming up on 5 years. Congratulations. Which is so amazing. And so over that 5 year period I've had to I've been so honored to mentor or talk to over 220 people. Wow. And so you think about the <clears throat> you think about the things that we go through and that sometimes they're not just for us. It's difficult for us to go through them. But many times the path that we take is for other people. And it's like your journey and the journey that you have, that you have shared. That you, you're going through this, but while you're going through it, you're able to help other people. And so I, I just count it such, a, such an honor to be able to talk to people. Because like you just said, we get the clinical side and the doctor's like, okay, you got to do this and you have to do this and you got to do this and don't do this. But then you're left with, okay, but what about what I'm thinking? Right. And so you get with peritoneal. And I know I've talked to people with him on, on hemodialysis too, with peritoneal, 
you know, you're kind of overwhelmed. They give you this huge device and they bring it in your home and then they start shipping you every month. They're shipping you 30, 40 boxes of huge boxes of, of uh, solution. And so at the beginning, I needed a way to get through that. I started early cutting off people, cutting off things I watched on the internet and all that kind of thing that would get me out of a space that was in positivity. So I was very purposeful about that. So when I first got that, that, that cycler in the house, started looking at the process, you know, I, think, yeah, I was real careful, turning off fans, cleaning and all those things, things. But then when you look in the, there's a little black window in there. And when you hook up to the machine, there's the first part is drain. And then the second part is to fill and the third part is to dwell. And so I got a really, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. So I got a real clear, I got real sanguine about, about that whole process. Like, okay, drain. And when it came down to it, it's like, okay, drain. This machine is draining out the, the toxins. It's draining out the bad things in my life. And it's preparing me to take in something that can cause more things to be, it's doing the work of my kidney, obviously, but the, the, the filling process is the process of putting new fluid in, in my mindset, that positivity in. And then the dwell is someplace for me to rest and so that the fluid can do the work that it's supposed to do. So when you drain, and so I, I take that on every day now, is that when I wake up in the morning and I start to think, okay, is there anything left over that I'm going to go into the day that I don't want to take in? I need to cast that off. I need to drain that out. And then I need to fill up. So I, I meditate every day. I pray every day. I read. I do so many things to try to make sure my head is in a good space. And then so that I can go into work or go wherever I'm going to go and dwell or rest in a place that's going to keep me in, in positively. Does that mean that everything works out well? No, absolutely not. But uh, I read a book a long time ago. Is It's simply called how you think about what you think about. And so if you're a chronic illness person, someone that's going through chronic disease, you're going through it, right? But how can you think about it? Do you have to give up? No, you can, you can cast those things off if you're purposeful about it. So I, I journal, I've got journals that I, I even went through, I, I create some journals, but I, you know, I, I write in my journals, write my thoughts, write my breakthroughs, breakdowns, and breakthroughs. I write all that stuff, that stuff in there. But all of that helps me to drain out the bad things and then so that I can begin to fill up with things that are more positive and to dwell in a place that will keep me moving forward, looking forward. You know, um, a famous person once said, it wasn't me, that thank God I don't look like what I've been through. Thank God I don't look like what I've been through. So the, that drain-filled dwell has gotten me through diagnosis dialysis transplant to where I am today and it continues on today that is such a powerful mindset to have and even before being a dialysis warrior myself I started peritoneal dialysis that really helped me in my kidney warrior journey the other thing that impacted me really strongly during that interview was when you said focus on what is in your power to do and you know there's so much grieving and loss that you when you first get diagnosed and coming to terms with having a chronic illness and how your life changes and 
all the different challenges you have to overcome that sometimes those things can be very overwhelming and if you if you're not careful can totally cloud and and take over your mind and so like i said i was so blessed to meet you early on in my journey so that when you said about focus on what's in your power to do you're focusing on you know empowerment rather than what you've lost and the negative side it really transforms and empowers your thinking and so yeah. it really has been a blessing to me it really has helped me so much through the you know the drain dwell feel dwell let me get it right the drain feel dwell yeah. and also you know focusing on what's in your power to do it's been so powerful and thank you for those very powerful words and i just want to um ask you for a final word of encouragement for the viewers and the listeners if you if we think about and not that i'm no sage or <laughs> you know guru but um you've been if you're going through a chronic disease or a, a emotional challenge or a relationship challenge you were brought to this place to go through this place to go through it you brought to it to go through it and so try to find and sometimes you have to fight i mean i recognize sometimes it's not just going to be a couple of minutes and like oh okay shoo all right let's go sometimes you got to fight you have to fight through it but you if you have the mindset of you've been brought to this place to go through this that there this is a path through that things will get better and uh, you know you do have an opportunity but if we can really have a, a really mindset of growth and prosperity and the what ifs being the positive instead of like why me but what if instead of why me it can just change our lives and and let us deal with what we have to go through and get to the other side thank you so much for joining me thank you so much for being an inspiration a mentor a friend and a brother in my life and thank you so much for the encouragement that you shared for the listeners and for the viewers thank you so much thank you d you're amazing thank you my next guest is Auntie Patsy Moye, advanced kidney disease practitioner. Now, I also wanted to say that Auntie Pat also received a BEM for your work with kidney disease, which I think is an absolutely deserved award. So, also give another round of applause. Thank you very much. <laughs> So Auntie Pat has been, we've been interviewed on the podcast the most, more than any other person. You've been with me episode three, four, five, 15, 16, and 87. So we've done a lot of interviews together. And I must say, and I want to do, I want to say publicly that I am so blessed and so honored to have met you so early in my kidney warrior journey before I knew anything at all. I had the privilege of meeting you at World Kidney Day in 2019 and you were giving a workshop and a lecture and I was absolutely blown away by this lecture. I learned so much and I sat there and I was like, I really need to speak to this lady and plucked up the courage and I went with my blood results and I was like, I don't understand what any of this means 
please can you explain it to me? And you were so gracious. You you spent the time, you sat with me and took me through my blood results. And that sparked something within me. And that was one of the first interviews that we did together. It was inspired by that where we went through renal blood results, explaining each part. And that has been Something that's been really important to me throughout the podcast is education and empowering people with knowledge to navigate their kidney disease because living with kidney disease is tough. And if I can share something that makes that a bit easier, then that's what I'm all about. And you just have a way of explaining things and breaking things down to make it so much easier to understand. So I'm so glad that you're joining me today and thank you. Thank you for everything. And I publicly want to say thank you so much for everything that you've taught me. You've been the foundation of of everything that I know when it comes to kidney. So thank you so much. You're most welcome, Dee. When I met you as well, I was quite... Um, excited actually to meet you because for the first time somebody just came with their blood results and said, what does this mean? <laughs> Tell me what it means. And when we went through everything, you actually asked me that uh, to, to, to join you on your podcast because you wanted me to explain things the way I explained to you because it meant so much. My role before I started doing the early detection, early management role that I did in BC, in uh, where I worked, was to go out there and tell people that your kidneys have failed now. You need to start on dialysis. Here are your options. And people used to look at me instead of this thinking, could I have ever done anything to change it? Who was supposed to have told me? There were so many questions. And, and seeing you coming that earlier on, trying to fill in those gaps, was, was very exciting to me. And it, it's, only, it's always something that I've always wanted to do, to actually go out there and explain as much as I can. The bits I don't know. I don't lie about them. I go and find a man or woman who knows, and then I'll come back and, 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 and tell you. So it was a wonderful thing to meet you as well. And even more exciting to find that not only are you keeping that information to yourself, you are sharing it with the whole world. That's what I've always dreamed about. <laughs> <laughs> Prevention, I know, is your passion. And so I wanted to ask you, how can people prevent kidney disease? There are preventable causes of kidney disease, and there are also uh, uh, causes that you can't do much about. Uh, on the prevention side, all of us should drink enough. We need to flush our kidneys. That statement is not a, a, a hoax. Uh, it's, it's real. We need to drink enough. Like I always say to people, if how much do you need to drink? Is your weight in kilograms multiplied by 30? Okay? That's what the dietitians say. They, they say 23, 25 to 35, but I just take 30 from the, 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 the middle. Um, so try to drink enough of water. I'm not meaning alcohol by any chance. I'm <laughs> saying water. And, <laughs> and, and just remember as well that... If you are coming from a family where there is kidney disease in the family, you may need to be checked as well. Um, if you've got high blood pressure, 
and you know you've got high blood pressure, you should be taking your tablets. If the one that you are on doesn't work with you, you can go back to your GP and ask them to, to give you another one. So you can actually uh, 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 change things that way. If you are diabetic, 42% of diabetics, uh, it doesn't mean that you are doing things wrong or whatever, but 42% end up having chronic kidney disease. And how you know is because your kidneys will be losing protein in the urine. So for any diabetic people, for anyone with high blood pressure, it is your responsibility. When you go for your yearly checks, take a sample of urine so that they can also check on whether the kidneys are getting affected by the diabetes by showing uh, uh, protein in, in the urine. If you don't and you go in and say, oh, I don't have a, 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 a sample this, this, this today, the next time it is going to be checked is after a year. That's too long. So let's look out after ourselves. Yes, we are talking about getting enough information so that we can make informed decisions is very, very important. Make sure that you go out there, you get all the information, and, and you look after yourself. Okay. Thank you. And can you give a final word of encouragement for the listeners and the viewers? And again, I'm going to say, Take a lot of information out there. There are websites that are good. The, 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 the uh, Diary of Kidnoria is, 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 is very good because you interview professionals. And I think that is very, very important. You have to be careful which ones you go for because there are some, I could set up something and just start talking about things which may not be true. So just remember that. There's also Think Kidneys. Um, you can also look at... Uh, uh, um, Sites like that, they've got enough information so that when you go to a clinic appointment, you understand what's going on. If you don't understand what goes on, nephrologists are very, very good. They'll tell you what, what you want to know. But if you don't ask, then they will never know. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me, Auntie Pat. Let's give a hand to Auntie Pat. My next guest is Phoenix Hallowell, who is a campaigner and kidney warrior. And he joined me in episode 85, where we talked about the cost of living crisis priced out of existence. So can we give a hand for Phoenix? Thank you very much, everybody. It's a, a real privilege to be here speaking with Dave once more. Yes. I must say that for me, I've done many interviews on the podcast, but the thing that really stood out to me in our interview with Phoenix was that call to action at the end, where you really encourage kidney warriors to fight for their rights. And as you know, that's something that I'm very, very passionate about, and that's empowering people. So I'm really glad that we can come together for the first time it's like I've met so many people virtually and seeing you face to face today is really a pleasure so it's really great to see you today. Thank you very much. So following on from our interview where we talked about the you know being priced out of existence all the cuts that's happening in the government that's affecting 
kidney patients in a very, very negative way. People not knowing what their rights are in terms of um, remuneration and getting payments and, and supplements to their income to help with the cost of living, the cost of running dialysis treatment. So I just wanted to um, discuss with you more about that and actually hand over to you in terms of the first point that you wanted to, um, to share this time around. So I'm going to hand over to you. Um, thank you very much. Um, so my, my first point that was listed was the stigmatisation <coughs> of um, the disabled community, um, both by the government the media and the welfare state. There's been a, a commission recently by the um, United Nations Equality and Human Rights Commission, which uh, pre has previously engaged with the UK government and told them that um, they were measured and found wanting. And unfortunately, over the last six years, um, things have not got be any better to the fact where the government has declined an opportunity to partake in um, meeting with the UN Council about this. Um, unfortunately, uh, lots of charities had done lots of hard work to show how the welfare state and the support for the disabled community is failing people. They still committed themselves to turning up to, uh, going to Geneva to the UN Convention, um, despite, and they've got, because of the government's apathy towards the subject, almost disdain, I'd say, um, all these poor, all these charities have got to go raise funds and go again when the government, if they actually do, turn up. I think it's um, a shame that the disabled community is so undervalued. I think we have a lot to offer. I think also there's an aspect of disability that scares some people because it reminds them that we're not as invulnerable uh, that we like to think that we are. I mean, recently there's been a cross-party committee for the work and pensions and it was, I don't know how to describe it actually, they actually turned around and, and said that um, they'd asked, they've actually asked the government to update benefits to support the disabled community. And even they admitted that the £150 cost of living crisis that was being offered to some disabled households, just it, considering it, it doesn't touch the sides, you've got... Charities' um, scope have been quite prominent at the moment in highlighting the additional costs faced by the disabled community. And the, um, the welfare state offerings for the disabled community don't come anywhere near to helping people pay for the extra expenses of being disabled. I can't imagine anybody asking to be disabled, whether they were born disabled or became disabled as a result of a long-term illness. But it, it feels like you're being punished twice, and which seems most unjust. And 
it's just a, it's a shame that the UN hasn't got um, some sharper teeth and actually make the government see sense. But they seem, to me personally, they seem so detached from not just the disabled community, but from everybody in our community, disabled, able-bodied. The analogy I use is imagine you've got a beautiful park and one person drops a piece of litter and then another piece person comes along and goes, oh, well, they've dropped some litter, it must be okay, I'll, I'll drop a little bit of litter. And eventually the park becomes spoilt and barren and it's almost as if this current government and foreseen governments, it's almost been like, here, hold my beer, let's see what we can get away with next. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know, I don't have the words to describe it, to be quite frank. It's just unfathomable that they have such a lack of regard for human life. It's shocking. We talked about that how difficult it has been for yourself financially as a dialysis patient as a result of the credit crunch, as it's been called. What I wanted to to talk a, a little bit more about is your campaign with the prior state of existence. You've helped raise awareness of this, and I want to applaud you for using your voice and speaking so loudly on behalf of yourself, but so many millions of people across the country. I wanted to give you the opportunity as well to, like you did before, yeah. encourage those watching and those listening. Basically, I, I was getting a little bit of remuneration from my trust to cover the cost of dialysis. And I was watching my electric bill go up and up and up and thinking, hold on a minute, something's not right with the picture. So I did some investigating found some documentation with regards to how people are renumerated and thought, ah, okay, that's not right. That You know, considering how much, I mean, I've only got experience with kidney dialysis. So a kidney dialysis patient that dialyses at home saves the NHS quite a bit of money. But then the, with the same hand, depending on which trust you're with, you're punished for having dialysis at home because you're paying to sustain your own treatment, which didn't seem fair. Um, so when I did my research, I found that the legislation was guidance. And I believe through the work done with Kidney Care UK and the Price Data Existence Campaign, we got that document changed from a piece of guidance to being mandatory so that all trusts should be refunding any patient that has any form of home treatment should be getting reimbursed the full cost of their expenses. Because as has already been said, nobody has to be disabled. Why are you being punished for it? So I want to leave the final word with you, Phoenix. And could you give a final word of encouragement to the listeners and the viewers of the podcast? I would encourage every listener to educate themselves because in knowledge is power. Don't take things at face value. Investigate, dig, learn, and use that voice and unite, galvanize. I mean, governments should be scared of their people. 
not people scared of their governments. We're in a country where the rich get what they want, but the poor can't get what they need. The injustice is ridiculous. And the best way to defeat it, educate yourself. Go and find out. Go and talk to people and unite. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. V, it's just been fascinating listening so far. Uh, Phoenix was so passionate. It was a joy to, to hear that. And I think his last statement there about uniting really fits in well. You've had some <laughs> comments coming in, haven't you, on, fa- on social media, haven't you, Dee? Oh, yes. Right. And so let's hear one of them now. This is from Mairead on Facebook. And you, she said, hi, I just want to say that I think your podcasts are great. I think everyone's stories are so inspirational, even though everyone has been such through, have even though everyone has been through such tough times, they are still so positive. I was especially inspired by Darren on your last podcast and look forward to hearing part two. I'm going to be starting peritone. And now these are the key things for me, Dee. So you're going to help me out with this. Peritoneal. Peritoneal dialysis soon. (laughs) I want to thank you for all the information you have provided. So many thanks to you, Mairead, in Dublin. So my next guest is Sarah Oakley, who is the Director of Patient Support at Kidney Care UK Charity. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you for having me on number 100. What a milestone. Amazing. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, following on from the interview with Phoenix, where we talked about the cost of living crisis, I really thought that it would be good to talk about the work that Kidney Care UK do for kidney patients across the UK. Many people might not know that Kidney Care UK doesn't receive any government funding. And so you know, donations is very important. And I really think that people need to know the work that the charity does because you do amazing, amazing work to support people. So I just really wanted to, to get you on to share about that. So what do you do Thank you. for kidney patients across the UK? Well, we have Auntie Pat to look after everything medical. Kidney Care UK looks after all the other aspects of life. And you know the different challenges that come up when you're living with kidney disease. First of all, you're tired all the time. You know, things are just more difficult to deal with. So if you are able to work still, that's great. But is your employer treating you fairly? Um, Are you able to get the time off that you need? So we've got patient support officers who can talk through that with you and make sure that you know your rights. I was really pleased to hear Phoenix talking about educate yourself, knowledge. And that's really what our services are all about, giving people the knowledge so that they can ask for the things that they need. So um, that might be help with welfare benefits, making sure that you're getting the support, the financial support that you're entitled to. Um, and I know for lots of people, it's really difficult, particularly if they've worked all their life, um, to have to ask for um, support. But that's what it's there for. It's for making your life less challenging, because if it's less challenging, you're going to have better health outcomes. So that's really what, what we look at. So we've got support for financial needs. We've got support for practical needs. Um, We can help people find their voice if they want to talk to their their doctors um, or nursing team. We can help people ask for 
changes to transport or perhaps um, housing if they're living somewhere that's really not appropriate for, for their health conditions. We've got a counselling service, which is staffed by people who are all specialists in working with renal patients. So they know what it's like to be a kidney patient. They know what treatment means. So they're not just offering counselling, they're offering counselling with, with knowledge as well. So that's really important for people to be able to understand their situation and make sense of their situation. So that emotional support is really important. Um, and yeah, any challenge that, that you throw at us, we're here to support. And I think, um, again, it comes back to the financial thing, but practical help through things like patient grants is really important as well. So we give around 1,500 grants a year to people for all sorts of things. Um, if your washing machine breaks down, um, we can help with replacing your washing machine. If you um, are looking to dialyse at home, but you've just got the old sofa with the, the springs in, we can help with finding a nice recliner chair that you're going to be comfortable spending four or five hours in. Um, we can help people with holidays and respite care as well. It's so difficult to, to remove yourself from a situation, particularly when you're on dialysis, but taking a break is so important. So that's the kind of thing that we're able to support with, um, both in, in terms of help with the cost of the holiday, but also in organising dialysis through our dialysis away from base, um, dialysis freedom. So all sorts of, all sorts of things. Any, anything that touches your life as a kidney patient, we want to be there to walk by your side. Amazing. Do you have any uh, case study examples? Uh, yes, I think, you know, very often we are working with people who are in the most challenging situations. I think um, if you are fortunate enough to have a strong and loving family around you and a good support network, um, then you're going to have better chances. But Quite often the people that we work with don't have that kind of support. They are struggling. Um, they might not be confident um, asking questions about their treatment or, um, or getting the support that they need. So, for example, um, we were working with a chap called Tommy um, who just couldn't engage with his treatment. And it, obviously that was making his health really bad. Um, and his renal social workers are to our patient support officer, look, we can't get through to him. Can you speak to him? Can you see what's going on? And it turned out that um, Tommy was waiting for a, diagnosis, a diagnosis for autism. Um, and because that hadn't been recognised as part of his medical notes, it wasn't recognised in the care he was receiving. Um, it also meant that he had lots of... Um, different responses to sensory stimulus. So the idea of having a fistula for Tommy, I mean, the idea of having a fistula for most people is quite daunting, but for Tommy, that was, that was really, really tough. Um, so to have somebody to take his hand and explain that to him, but also to, to help him voice that to his medical team, what he was feeling and how he responded to things, was really able to open up a conversation that meant that Tommy got the medical care that he needed, got the support he needed, um, and also got extra help um, through um, achieving that diagnosis that had been put back and put back because there was no one there to fight for him and he didn't know how to work the system. But our patient support officer was able to work alongside him um, and make sure that the right people were listening and he was able to express his needs in the right way. So he's in a much better place. Um, and the last time we heard from him, um, he's like, 
oh, my electricity bill's a bit high, but don't worry, I think I've got this. I know what to say to them. So not only had we solved some immediate challenges, but given them the confidence to, to go on and use his own voice. And I think that's really important. It's not about doing things for people. It's about helping people find their own voice, just like you do, Dee. Oh, thank you very much. Um, would you like to share a final word of encouragement, a final word for the listeners? Yes, I think I'm going to echo Phoenix in saying educate yourself, knowledge and come to Kidney Care UK because we have, if we don't know the answers, we'll find out the answers for you. But we've got a huge amount of experience for dealing with all of the challenges of life. So educate yourself, but also ask for help. That's what we're here for. Um, and everybody needs a helping hand from time to time. There's no shame. Let us walk alongside you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. Fascinating conversation that was, Dee, uh, with Sarah there with regard to Kidney Care UK. I know we're going to hear more about them. You've had another comment from social media or on social media. Um, Theo Fratos, who is on Twitter stroke X, whoever, however you want to refer to it. But he said about your podcast, I enjoy hearing the stories and hearing about how others are coping and surviving. Thank you for joining me in watching part one of the 100th episode of Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. Please join me for part two, where I'll continue to interview previous guests from the podcast over the years. So until next time, take care and choose to live. Hello, everyone. It's Rob. A CKD warrior for many years. I appeared on the CKD warrior podcast 78. I wanted to wish Dee a massive congratulations on her 100th podcast. Well done Dee. Aloha, I'm Judy from Judy's Journey Hawaii and episode 61 about grieving the self. And I just want to send out a huge congratulations and thank you to Dee for everything that she does and how far she's come. 100 episodes. This is amazing. And you know what? I cannot wait to see what the next 100 brings. Hi Dee. Hi everyone. This is Manish from India and I'm sending lots of love and wishes to Dee and Daddy of a Kidney Warrior podcast for completing its 100 episodes. Stay tuned and watch episode number 31 where I share my kidney story with Dee and Daddy of a Kidney Warrior podcast. Dee, hope your subscribers grow all over this year and we celebrate 1000 episodes very soon. Take care and wish you good health, happiness and prosperity. Thank you. Dee, I just want to say a huge congratulations on your milestone 100th episode of Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. You've done such an amazing job raising awareness around issues of kidney disease, organ donation and transplantation. So a huge thank you. And I was honoured to be invited to speak on the 18th episode. Congratulations again and keep up the good work. Hi, my name is Jerome Espy and I was on episodes two and 24. I'm so excited for this great milestone, 100 episodes. Can you believe that? I was there at the beginning and just always been a good friend. Dee is an amazing person. So glad for what she does because it changes lives. Sarah Oakley, and I'm the director of patient support services at Kidney UK. And I'm thrilled to be on the 100th episode of Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. Congratulations, Dee, it's an amazing achievement. 
My name's Malcolm Packer from Kidney Cancer UK. You can hear all about us in episode 60 of Diary of a Kidney Warrior. We'd like to congratulate Dee and all the team on our 100th episode of her podcast. Long may it continue. Hi everyone, my name is Chelsea and I'm a researcher focused on improving the well-being of family and friends of people living with kidney disease. And I was lucky enough to be a guest on episode 56 of the podcast. And I just want to give a big congrats to Dee for reaching 100 episodes, a great achievement and hopefully many more episodes to come. Hello, my name is Ovi Azanara and I'm a specialist podiatrist and I was featured on episode 96 of Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Very proud of Dee and all that she's accomplished to get information out there to support others uh, living with chronic kidney disease. I'm really excited about the Centenary celebrations. Hey guys, my name is Jonathan Trailer. I'm the host of Hope with Jonathan podcast. I wanted to come on and congratulate uh, D. Moore from a Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast on 100 episodes. That is huge. Uh, and thank you, D, for creating awareness for chronic kidney disease and kidney patients everywhere. Uh, I had the opportunity, a special opportunity to podcast with her on her podcast uh, on episode 40, now streaming everywhere. Uh, but again, from Hope with Jonathan podcast, we want to send you out a huge shout out on 100 episodes. God bless. Hi Dee, Angeline Taylor, renal dietitian here. Just want to say a huge congratulations. What an amazing achievement, getting to 100 episodes. I know that you've helped a lot of people along the way um, and I've been really fortunate to be part of that journey uh, with four episodes. So I've got episode 50, a guide to having a kidney-friendly Christmas. Episode 52, healthy weight loss with CKD. Episode 65, plant-based diets for people with CKD or um, a kidney transplant. And finally, episode 74, plant-based diets for dialysis. So I have been really fortunate to be part of four of your 100 episodes. Thank you, Dee, and congratulations again. Hi, I'm Phoenix Halliwell, and I was on episode 85 with Dee, talking about the cost of living crisis and the consequences for home hemodialysis patients. I'm looking forward to Dee's Centennial Podcast. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every other Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kidney Warrior, sharing faith, knowledge, hope and love.